Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. You know, I was, um, I was watching this movie with my daughter the other day called Elemental. Who's ever seen that? That's a new one out, right? And they get into this arena. And in the arena, it's some kind of sporting arena. I can't remember what they're doing. It's the clouds were playing it, right? And then there's these water people. And they do the Mexican wave. But it's a literal water wave that goes right around the stadium. And I was here in worship. And I could sense this wave going back and forth, back and forth. Wave of the Holy Spirit just moving. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. My goodness. Holy Spirit, we pray. Do your thing. Have your way. We lay it down here this morning. We should be excited about what's happening right now. But we should be on guard and we should be prepared. Can I say this? When the shepherd of the flock comes under attack, there's always a reason. And the reason is God is about to do something. So we stand in the gap as a family on behalf of the Warrens because they're our leaders, they're our shepherds, right? That's why we have the roof. Of it roof. That's why we have our prayer warriors, right? That's why we stand up as well, though. We may not be prayer warriors, but in the time of need, we stand up because we need our leaders to be strong. But we also need, to, they, we need them to know we back them 100%. But I'm, I'm excited not because of what's happened to Pastor Ali. I feel that. I feel the pain Dan feels. But I see it for what it truly is. The enemy's worried. And you should prepare yourself. You should prepare yourself. Because something's about to happen. You know, when coming out of COVID, I remember praying and I felt the Lord say that church would not be the way it used to be. That there would be a new move of church. There'd be a new move of God's people. It would look different, feel different, act different, respond different. That revival would look different. Because it wouldn't just be a revival in a building or in a tent, but it would be revival within the heart of my people. And I believe in my whole heart that we're coming into a season of revival like the church has never seen before. We've had our hype. We've had our lights, camera, action, smoke machines. We've had all the conferences. Uh, you know how many revival meetings I've, I've been in? I've been in so many over the 20 years of my pastoring. And they've all been fantastic. But I haven't seen out of a lot of them a real effective change for the church of God to rise. But I believe 
in these last days, we're about to see the Holy Spirit move so powerfully, so significantly on the hearts of his people. Because revival will first start here before it starts out here. And God wants to bring something fresh to your heart. He wants to bring transformation to your heart so that you will never, ever be the same again. Let me just take a moment. Just close our eyes. If you feel like you want to stand, you stand. Lift your hands. We're just going to take a moment with the Holy Spirit. Psalms 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this space. We know you're always with us. We just want to acknowledge you this morning. We have to be mindful that we don't equate the presence of God with noise and clutter. And that somehow if the band is loud, somehow the Holy Spirit's here. Of course he can be, don't get me wrong. But he's also in the stillness. Spirit, would you reveal yourself this morning? Would you give us dreams and visions? Would you fill us again? Fill us again. See, God can do more. The Holy Spirit can do more in a moment like this. In the still moments if you feel the Holy Spirit moving on you feel free I would love you right now just to stand if you go I can feel the Holy Spirit he's speaking to me just stand in your seat because I believe there's going to be there's a wave of the Holy Spirit in this place and it's not going to be fabricated we're not fabricating anything but he's going to touch us I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in the room Holy Spirit, touch our world. Fill us again. Some of us here, we need freedom. The only reason why we need freedom is because our appetite is bigger for the thing we're stuck in than it is for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our world. 
I see a shift coming where God's turning that around. Mm. As you feel him stand, just stand in his presence. It's not to say the Holy Spirit isn't doing something in your world if you don't stand, but Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just pray that breath prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill me again. I see dreams and visions being released. See, bondage has been broken, change has been broken off people's lives. I see the gifts of the Spirit being loosed in this room. I see a church that's going from just being a church to be a city changing church, a place where the power of God flows out. you Holy Spirit feel us again feel us again be seated of you. Fantastic. How good are those moments, right? Just the presence of the Holy Spirit. God's been reminding me a lot lately, and I know I've been preaching to my campus a fair bit about just the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that we're a Spirit-filled church, Pentecostals. It's what we believe. There is more for us, more for everybody. You're like, oh, Dan asked you to preach and you've come and you've given us nothing. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing, guys. <laughs> I just want God to do it again. You know, we talk about the revivals of old. You know, we talk to people, I hear it so much. Oh, I wish God would move like he did before. I wish Azusa Street would happen. You know, Azusa Street was one of the great revivals years, many years ago that really kicked off, you know, part of the Pentecostal movement and the move of God in, and, and, and signs and all this infilling of the Holy Spirit. And man, there was so much. This church itself has had that, that experience in days gone by. But when people say to me, I just want God to move like he used to move, I go, I don't want God to move like he used to move. I want him to move in new ways. I want him to move in power. But it doesn't need to be like that. That was fantastic. That was amazing. But it's time to get in the boat and go to the other side. 
Because God's got new things prepared for us. I believe God wants us to be ready for revival, to be prepared. In Psalms 85, Psalm 85, 4 to 6. It should come up on the screen, I think. It says this. Restore us again, God our Saviour, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? This verse is amazing. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Will you not revive us again? Man, I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in the room. I'm telling you today, this is what it's all about. God wants to revive us again. We had a great series on uh, end times, right? We've, Pastor Dan had great sermons here and lots of great stuff. And But it will be in end times that the greatest revivals on earth will take place. I mean, we haven't seen nothing yet. Would you not revive us again? It's the cry of the hungry. The Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The cry of the hungry is, God, create in me a pure heart. Rend the heavens and come down to us. Will you not do it again, Lord? Will you not set my heart on fire again? Your revelation talks about the lukewarm church. And the response that the Spirit says to the angel of the church is, go back and do what you did in the beginning. Because he said, I'd prefer you to be either hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out, right? And the answer to it was to go back to what you were doing at the start, at the beginning. Who remembers what it was like when you were born again? <laughs> remember the passion? Remember the zeal? Remember the people getting offended because you were talking about Jesus too much? I had a mate who got saved and the first thing he did is got on his phone and he texted everybody in his phone and told him he was Christian. Everybody. I mean, he's old drug dealing friends. He's, uh, you know, his work buddies that he would drink with and do drugs with at work and all these guys and his parents and his family and, and he just put it out there. Remember what it was like? Remember when every prayer was answered? Yeah, you, they, they call it the honeymoon period, right? When you get saved, it's like marriage. It's really awesome in the first 12 months and then you start to get to know each other. <laughs> and then you go to trying to fix each other and then that doesn't work either. But God, God can fix us, that's the difference. But I remember being saved and just telling everybody, 
man, this is what happened. I don't understand it. I have no theological position for it because I know nothing about God because I only just got saved. But hey, Jesus can save. Jesus can transform. Jesus can set you free. God wants to bring revival to the hearts of His people. And if we would just position ourselves in our lives to say, you know what? I no longer want to have some mediocre Christian experience in my life. I no longer want to live half-baked or, or, or lacking in power. I don't just want a form of God. I want to know the power of God in my life. If we would just allow ourselves, and I'm not saying everybody's like this, but if we could just allow ourselves to let the fire of God hit us again, I mean, this world would be turned on its head. But revival first starts in here. Then it'll spread to you in here. And then it'll spread out there. We have to understand what revival is. Because we are looking for revival maybe in the wrong places. And we're saying, well, if I can put up a tent and I can gather a bunch of Christians and, 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 and we can play worship together, then that's revival. Is it? I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's not got value. But it may not be revival. It could just be a group of Christians worshipping together. It could, and there's nothing at all wrong with that. But revival is deeper than just labelling something revival. Revival lives at a much deeper level inside of us. It must take place at a much deeper level inside of us before it will ever become something that can fill a room with people crying out to Jesus. Because revival first starts in the heart. When we become hungry and thirsty. Hungry, thirsty. Who remembers that ad? It was a milk drink, a move ad, was it? Oak, oak. Oh, don't say move. It was an oak ad. There are oak people in the room and there are move people in the room and How do we know in our own personal world that we need revival? When I read the Word and it's dry and I can't hear the sense or presence of God, I can't hear His voice. When I've gone weeks and weeks without praying, When church is becoming optional and I decide, oh, I'll just go and do this on a Sunday instead of do that. When conflict rises in our lives and we have no answer for it, we can be pretty sure that we need revival in our life. The only answer is for God to do it again. Lord, would you not Revive us again. The definition of revival is to revive. Revival is making. Sorry. Revival is making alive again those who have been alive. But have fallen into what is called a cold or dead state. God has promised 
an outpouring of His Spirit in the last days. If you come with me to, to the book of Acts, it's always good to get a bit of Scripture happening in church. The book of Acts, chapter 2, 14. Peter comes out of the day of Pentecost. They've had a move of God in the upper room. The Holy Spirit has come into the room and filled them again with, with the power of the Holy Spirit. It says the tongues of fire came in. They started speaking in tongues. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They were waiting on the Lord to come. Do you know how long they waited? Something like 10 days. It wasn't like they went up there one day and then, and then it just happened. Jesus said, go and wait until the gift that the Father promised has come. They waited like 10 days. The day of Pentecost was 10 days of waiting and praying and believing for a move of God to come. What was promised would come. Sometimes I find I can't, I'm 10 minutes and I'm like, God, you're not doing anything. 10 minutes. It says this, Peter got up, he stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as some of you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. I used to know some people that get drunk nine in the morning. It's never pretty. (laughs) No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Over here. This is talking about you. You're going to prophesy. You're going to see visions. And you're going to share God with your generation. But not just your generation, but the generation to come. And the generation that was before you. We need you to be in revival. I'm telling you, there is revival coming upon your life. Just open yourself to what God wants to do. I've been watching this group of young people in the city called One Worship. And they've been filling churches with young people from all different churches. (coughs) Worshipping. So you see, one church, one worship, that's all they're doing. There's no preaching. There's no, there's no like control. There's no, we just come together and worship and hundreds of young people are turning up. How amazing is that? This is what the move of God is going to do. It's going to pull down denominational walls and it's going to unite church as a body to win cities for Jesus. Right? Once we get over ourselves as denominations and leaders, we'll start to see things start to happen. As young people, as we get over the fact, well, I'm C3 and I'm this person and I go to this kind of church. Who, who cares what church we go to? Right? Let's just start to pull together and see the cities of God be transformed. As we start to realise that flavour has nothing to do with it, but heaven has everything to do with it. We're going to see revival break out. So I'm watching these young people and it amazes me, no matter where they go and what building they're in, it's filled with young people.
You could be the spearhead of the next great move of God. Imagine that. Marcus, lead in the way. Be amazing. Oh, we would love to see that. You know what? Be it. Don't wait to see it. Just start being it. You start to worship. You start to cry out to God. You gather your friends. You pull down those walls that are, are stopping people from connecting and you start saying, hey, let's start seeing God move in our city. Well, I'm running out of time. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see dreams and your old men Sorry, young, young men will see visions and your old man would dream dreams. Old men. When was the last dream that you had? When have you dreamed about God moving in your world? You don't get to retire. I got a guy in my church, he's like nearly 80 and he refuses to retire from God. I love it. You can retire from work, but don't retire from God, right? Because he's got so much more for you, so much more. And you know what? This generation here, they need you. They need your wisdom. They need your guidance. They need your input. They need your encouragement. They need to know your failures. They need to know your wins. They, they need you to engage. They need you to impart. They need you to pray. They need you to support. Because you've got what that generation needs. Jeez, I'm so far off my notes, I don't even know where I'm at. When was the last time you encountered the Holy Spirit and just lingered? just lingered in his presence. Disciple, there was these disciples on the road to Emmaus. Jesus was resurrected from the dead and he's walking alongside them. They didn't realize it was Jesus. And he, Jesus is like telling them from, from the Old Testament right through all the scriptures, all the evidence, all everything about, you know, what had happened. And, and they, didn't, they didn't clue on as it was happening until he left. And then they say these words that, profound words to me because, because this is what I want. I want my heart to be like this. They said, they said, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and opening the scriptures to us? Was my heart not burning within us? Lord, would you do it again? Would you do it again? Can I have the musicians come up? Would you do it again, Lord? When was the last time you felt your heart ablaze in the presence of God? Hungry for Him to move. Were our hearts not burning within us? Come on, why don't we stand? Let's stand here today.
I could say a whole lot more, but I don't feel like that's what the Holy Spirit wants. When we see revival, people will turn up and give their life to Christ. People are attracted to a church that is alive and is a life-giving church. You're a life-giving church when the power of the Holy Spirit gets on it, gets on the church. All of a sudden, everything changes. All of a sudden, my Bible reading, man, I can hear God's voice, God's speaking to me. Let me tell you just a little story. I've had a couple of stories lately. Remember last time I was here, I talked about my brother coming to church. Do we remember that? Yep. Well, he gave his life to Christ and his wife gave his li- her life to Christ. <laughs> amazing, amazing. He gave his life to Christ in the message just like this. Every, day, every week, she come, my, my sister-in-law comes to me and she says, Dave, I was reading the scriptures and it said this. What's that mean? And I'm like, well, this is what it means. But you've got to understand where these guys have come from. Like the type of life they had was so far from God. I mean, so foreign from God. And they just turned up to church. We'd invited them many, many years. We've been praying for them for a long time. But this, they just, their son wanted to come, so they brought him. And they never stopped coming since that day. And then they give their life to Christ. And they're going to start Alpha next month. And they're going to learn a whole lot of things about God. I got a phone call the other day from a lady I haven't seen 20 years. She's in hospital with cancer. She's got cancer in her body, bones, liver. She's got, been given two months. I get a phone call from my niece and she says, oh, my grandma wants to see you. I'm like, wow, I haven't seen her in 20 years, over 20 years probably. Okay, I go in, I go, yeah, I'll come and see her. I went in and seen her. She goes, I want you to do my funeral. I'm like, okay. She goes, because you'll make it funny. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's a great reason to do someone's funeral. <laughs> and I said, look, that's, that's beautiful, Mandy, but, you know, there's another conversation we need to have. And I said, oh, I'm more than happy to do your funeral, but, but what, I, what, what we need to talk about is, is Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior. She said, oh, I used to go to church, but I didn't like church when I was a kid. I said, let's separate church and let's talk about your relationship with Jesus, right? Because sometimes church didn't work for people, especially if they're not in the house of God. But, but she, you know what she said? She goes, I want to know that I'm going to go to heaven. And I said, well, Mandy, there's only one way to heaven. She goes, what? And I said, well, you have to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There's no other way. And since the Holy Spirit in the room right now, maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life. And I've got to say to you, friend, there's only one way to heaven. And it's to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. In a moment, I'll give you an opportunity, if you want to pray that prayer, to pray that prayer. But what I'm trying to say is this, is that when revival starts happening, things start happening. People start ringing. People start changing. People start desiring. People start showing up for whatever reason and give their life to Christ. 
I'm believing across our churches as we start to seek this revival that God wants to bring into our heart that we are going to see transformation in so many areas. People you've been praying for for years and years and years are going to just turn back up in your life and you're going to have an opportunity to say, hey, there's only one way to heaven. You have people come that need freedom and you're going to say, well, there's only one way to find freedom. And it's through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Thank God for Jesus. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.